you're not going to grow. And as soon if I was willing to make that mistake and something negative happened and my passive investor knew that I knew of the information, my, my reputation would have been tarnished right then and there. And my future 10 year goal would never have happened. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, real quick before we get started, first of all, I wanted to thank everybody for joining us on the show and for listening uh, to all my loyal listeners. I really appreciate you, uh, you know, continuing to listen and support the show. If you can go on to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you listen and subscribe to the show, that would be fantastic. Spread the word too. I'd love to, you know, have this reach more and more people. So if you could share it on social media or, or, or and just talk about it to other people, that would be fantastic. And the last thing is if you can go on to iTunes and give us a rating review, uh, hopefully five stars, that would be great as well. It just helps us spread the word more and it helps us get continue to get uh, really good guests on the show. We've had some fantastic guests and I just want to be able to continue to bring fantastic value to you. Go on to our Facebook page too, Pillars of Wealth Facebook page. And I'd like to hear from, from you as a listener of you know, what you're doing in business, what you've got going on, what you are maybe struggling with or uh, being successful with, and then what we can do on the show to help push you to that next level. Maybe uh, questions we can ask our guests, maybe guests that we can get on the show to talk about certain topics, certain things that are really neat. You're needing uh, some, some extra support with. So provide for us some feedback on Facebook um, and you can also share this out on, on social media. That would be fantastic as well. I appreciate it. I appreciate you being a, uh, being a either new listener or loyal listener. I definitely appreciate it. And we will get started with the show. Hey, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexammer. With me today, I'm excited to have Adam Adams. How are you doing, Adam, today? Fantastic. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you joining us on the show. A little bit about Adam. He's educated hundreds of thousands of investors through hosting conferences, radio and podcast interviews, speaking at mastermind or speaking mastermind groups, meetups, and also his coaching program. Uh, he's an organizer of one of the most famous and highest rated meetups in the world and the host of the Creative Real Estate Podcast. Adam's effort to efforts to educate and inspire other investors has earned him the prestigious title of Master Investor of the Year from Think Realty and the Ads Incredible Value Award from Lifetime Cashflow. He's also a three times Hall of Fame winner in the RE Mentor for his success in multifamily syndications. So, um, I will let Adam, I'll let you give kind of the rest of your bio. You're with Bruce, Blue Spruce, and uh, you guys are focusing on multifamily syndication. I'll let you kind of give the rest of your uh, background, where you kind of came from, and what you're focusing on today. Okay, yeah, so I came from Utah originally, and uh, by the way, thank you for having me on the show. This yeah, is awesome. I, I love your show. You're doing a great job. So I really appreciate it a lot. I uh, came from Utah and my dad, my stepdad that I grew up with um, is a real estate investor and always has been a real estate investor. So I kind of thought it was normal for people to be real estate investors because that's what I knew. We had self-storage units. We had um, multifamily. We had single family. We had my stepdad has land all over the place. I don't even know how much he has because he goes to tax deed sales. Um, but when I was in college, he made me, he made me do it. So in 2005, like he gave me a tax deed, like literally for Christmas, he's, he goes here, Adam, like, here's a tax deed. Um, and then the next day he goes, Hey, I, by the way, I need you to pay for that. Like I gave it to you, <laughs> but I need you to pay for it. And I was like, you're kidding me. How much do you, how much do you want me to pay you? And he's like a hundred bucks. And I go, how much did you pay for it? He goes a hundred bucks. And I'm like, Dad, this is not a gift. This is not a Christmas gift. You're, 
you gave me something that you paid a hundred dollars like you don't want it so you just told me to buy it and like I feel really obligated right now so I you know came up with the money I was a college student I came up with the money somehow you know with my serving job I was a, a wait waiter and um and I gave him the hundred bucks of course I gave it to him grudgingly and um and then I kind of felt good I was like you know what I own a piece of America like I am a a land owner. I thought it was incredible until the tax say tax came the very next year and I had to pay another hundred bucks. I, I brought it to my dad. Like I said, dad, look at this. Like they want me to pay a hundred. What is this for? And he goes, that's for the taxes. I was like, do I have to pay it? And he goes, yeah, of course it's property taxes. You always have to pay property taxes. And I, and I started to think to myself, this is more of like a liability. Like if I wasn't ready for this, I had to pay you the first hundred bucks. Now I have to pay another hundred bucks to the state for something I didn't even know. I was, I, I was never like really into the, um, the financials. I just saw my dad and I helped him work on properties. But one year after that, somebody said, I'll pay, I'll, I'll pay you 12,500 for your property. I did the math on after paying the real estate commissions I, that I was having like an 8,300% return. And it made me think for a second, maybe my dad's been right all along. Maybe real estate is where I need to be. So I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and learned a little bit of Robert. And I'm the type of person that doesn't listen to what people say. I listen, I follow what they're doing. And so I started to follow Robert Kiyosaki around, learned his bio, found out that instead of him just telling you to get into real estate, I watched him and I realized that he never did single family. He went right into multifamily and he was doing uh, JV partnerships with people. And, and that's how he grew his wealth. So I said to myself, I'm skipping single family. I'm going right into multifamily, but I was scared. I started managing property in 2007 and in 07 um, to 08, we repositioned an 18 plex and I was just the property manager. I, was, I think I was making 10 or $12 an hour and I got free rent. So I was making like 10 or 12 bucks an hour. And then we sold this property and I saw that the purchase price for my owner was a, a million. And I saw that the sell price for my owner was two million. And I thought it only took one year. He paid me to do everything. And he just made a million bucks. Like, that's nuts. He didn't hardly work for it. And um, so I, I, I got excited. I said, this is what I'm going to do, value add. So I bought my first multifamily. I lived in one. Of, it's like a house hack. And um, lived in one of the units, had roommates for the other units, and uh, was trying to do the same thing. But I guess I bought it in 08. It w didn't go smoothly or perfectly, but I did come out on unharmed. Uh, however, with my tail between my legs. So it was... That was 08. Uh, I had that for three years. And in 2015 is when I got back into real estate. So just a quick thing. I did almost everything. I did tax deeds. I did uh, fix and flips. I did um, single family out of state buy and holds. I did mo small multifamily out of state buy and holds. I did commercial multifamily out of state buy and holds. I tried a bunch of different stuff. And I found the most success with multifamily syndication with larger assets. They're, they're, that's the whole info. So Adam, I got to, you know, I, I like that story where you're working for this property owner that buys the building for a million dollars. You do all the work. He, you know, he sells it for a million dollar profit and you go, wow, how can I do this myself? Where a lot of people have the mindset of, oh, that you know, that filthy person, he did this and, you know, that took advantage of me. And, and uh, you kind of, a lot of people look down upon that and called themselves a victim. How did, why was your mindset different than, I guess, maybe the rest of America? <laughs> you well, know, the, the other, the other three quarters plot, probably actually that's, that's maybe 90% of people would have been 
the victim. I'll be completely honest. I didn't feel like a victim, but I was, um, I was kind of in my, in my mind, I was curious if he was going to give me like a hundred thousand dollar bonus or something. Yeah. 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 I was, I was like, okay, that's cool. He just made a million. He's about to make a million when this closes. I I bet she gives me 10% because I did such a great job. So I was just kind of curious if he would. Um, but at the same time, when he didn't, when I only made 10 or 12 bucks an hour, it, it, I didn't feel harmed or anything. I just said, all right, cool. Let, we need to do this. I need to, I need to be on his side. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I just, I, my, how come my mindset was like that? I, so it's really hard to explain. I just have, I just, I watch what people do. I saw what he did. I looked at every part of how he did it and I said to myself, I can do the same thing. Like who cares what's in the past? I just, I just got an education that was more valuable than any other. Some people pay $40,000 to get an education that isn't even half of what that was. And I just got it. And, and I made, I don't know, 20,000 that year. <laughs> right, right. Made a few bucks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that, I mean, that's, I think it's powerful that, that you didn't take that victim mentality that you decided that, look, wow, I can do this. Like this guy did it. I can do it. I'm going to go do it myself. You went out then and bought a property to try to uh, maybe kind of, maybe at a smaller scale, repeat what he did. Now, as you said, it, it didn't work out exactly like you wanted, but it was an, probably another valuable lesson. Um, and you know, now here you are now doing what he's doing or, or was doing. So uh, that's awesome. I, I like that story. I think it's, I think it speaks volumes to where our mindset needs to be. Absolutely. I agree. So, so Adam, um, I got a lot of things I, I would like to talk to you about, but one thing I want to talk to you about is, is you've got, a lot of uh, people know your name and they know your name because you're out there everywhere. You're putting a lot of, you're putting just a lot of good content out there. You're talking to a lot of people. You're on Facebook all the time, doing live videos, doing uh, posting on, on uh, groups and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, what, why have you gone that route and and then what has it done for you awesome question the reason i went that route is because again you go and you go and watch gary v you go and watch grant cardone and they tell you to do one thing but you just see what they're actually doing like they're, they're giving you advice. I'm sure it's great advice, but I don't pay so much attention to like what they say. I pay attention to what they're doing. And so the why you're asking, why did I put myself out there? Why am I going live? Why am I putting out content? Uh, why do people know my name? And it, I think that the real reason why that that's happening is because I, I look at the biggest people I can, the top one percenters in the world. And I say, what are they doing every day? Grant Cardone, he goes live. Joe Fairless, he does a daily podcast. He puts on a on a conference. Um, who are the people that I that I think of? What are who are the people that I think of when I see uh, some somebody exuding success? It's the people that are active on social media, going live, uh, giving out content. So I just said to myself, that's really what we need to be doing. If we need, if we want other people to see who we are, because there's a lot of people doing great things and that's great for them. But if nobody knows what you're doing, you're not going to grow. And Grant Cardone, we've used his name a few times. I mean, he just had, I think, I think he had like 20,000 people at his event. I, that could be wow. exaggerating. I'm not sure. No, I think you're right. I think okay. it might be even bigger than that, actually. Okay. Okay. So yeah. let's just say he had 20,000 people there. Um, well, how, how, what is he doing to get there? He's going live. He's giving content to people every single day. So if I want to be that, if that's where I want to go, that's what I need to do. Um, so that's why. And did you had did you have another part of the question that was like how or was there another well, part yeah, of the question? I mean 
you know, how, yeah, how are you doing that uh, effectively and yet still maintaining other aspects of your business and your life too? Great question. And I'll be honest, vulnerable with that question, 100%. Okay. So how am I maintaining my business and my life? Awesome. I'll tell you how I maintain the business. That's easy. It's because I have seven partners and everybody focuses on a different thing and I focus on social media. So it would be hard. I mean, it would be nearly impossible to go to the scale I'm going if I had to be in my business. So I have the opportunity because we're working with a lot of people in the office every day to to work on my business, to do something that only the 1% do. So that's the answer there. That's how I'm getting through the business. Now, how I'm getting through the life, like with my kids, yes, I have two boys. Um, that part's harder because I can't sit here and, and say that I've been incredibly uh, uh, with them. That's the truth of it. And that's the part that I'm working heavily right now to fix. So we record this. It's been, we're about the end of the first quarter of the, the fir- of 2019. Okay. So it, about four months ago, I realized that I had been working my A off really, 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 really hard and ignoring, not being present enough with the kids. I, I was, I was on my cell phone, uh, on Facebook, trying to add as much value as I could And so when my kids came up, they would say, dad, I need this. And I would say, hold on, let me finish this. And I would get kind of sucked into my phone and, and hold on, let me finish this. I thought would be like 10 seconds, but what ended up happening is like 30 minutes later, I'm like, okay, you know, son, what was that thing that you needed? So I'm making a strong effort now to change that. So over the last four months, Um, what I'm doing a little bit differently is I wake up in the morning and this might resonate with a few people. So it's good to mention this. So when you're an entrepreneur and you, and you have kids, um, sometimes we accidentally say stuff like if I didn't have kids, I would be more successful in business. And I was saying that, and I think what I was getting out of it, what was happening is slowly, it it made me stressed out and resentful that I had had to have these responsibilities that were holding my business back, which in fact was in turn because I wanted to grow them, or at least I was saying that. So uh, what I've been practicing is waking up in the morning and saying, so grateful to have the kids, so glad that I have them. And if I ever catch myself saying I would be more successful if I didn't have distractions like them, if I ever catch myself saying that, I, I nip it in the bud immediately and, um, and just practice a little bit of gratitude. And what I found just in the last few months of being intentional about that every morning, every night, and um, any time in the middle of the day that I find myself saying those things, I uh, immediately become more connected with them. So I'm, I'm looking at them in the eye better lately. I am connecting with them better. I feel more like, uh, like I was always there but I wasn't like there. And now I feel like I am. And we're playing, you know, we're playing board games more where I'm listening to their full story. I'm trying to have my phone put down. But here's the thing that might be unique is I built a lot up by being active for like over a year and a half. And, um, and so I think I have already, I've got those connections now. So it's easy or, because I don't have to do it, but um, but I would say that that I've lo- I would say that I've learned a lot over the last like two years, a year and a half of doing that, and the last few months of of doing it slightly different. And the way that I believe you could do it, or somebody could do it, is by hiring a VA. If you hire a VA and show them exactly what kind of content um, you want to be put out, I think that would help them, the listener, a lot. I I really appreciate you kind of opening up on that because obviously it's very personal what you just talked about to our audience. And I think, um, you know, myself and probably most of the people listening uh, are very driven 
you know, and we want to have success. We want to put that extra effort in, in order to have success. So it's easy to ignore the most important people sometimes in our lives or put them to the side. And I find myself the same, like I'll be uh, whatever, answering an email or a text or doing something on social media. And my kids will say, dad, 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 you know, and it's like, yeah, what, what, what's going on? You know? And, and so I've had to do the same thing, be very intentional about trying to leave my phone in my office while it's my kids' time and it's their time to, you know, to be able to spend with dad. Uh, so that's really important as well. So I, I, I appreciate you opening up to that. It's, it's very important uh, topic. At, you know. Thank you so much. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and I want to mention a few things. First of all, I've been doing some coaching and I want to continue to kind of expand that slowly and, and take on a few clients. And, and up until recently, I didn't really believe uh, in coaching and, and uh, you know, taking courses and stuff like that. But I recently, or I shouldn't say recently, it's been, it's been a, a few years now, hired a, a coach and saw a immediate results and have been very happy with it and decided, you know, as my teaching background, I wanted to do some coaching myself and help other people get the results that I was able to achieve. And so if you're at that point where you think that's the spot for you, or maybe you just want to explore if it's right for you, uh, you know, reach out to me, I'd have a free discovery call with you. We want to make sure that it is the right step for you to take. There might be other things that you can do to get success. Uh, and coaching might not be it. But let's have that discovery call to find out if that is uh, the step that you need to take. So it can really make a major impact in your business and get you to that next level. Uh, the other thing is John Stiles. He's on this show every single week uh, with me on the Hump Day Hustle. And John Stiles is a real estate agent in, in Minnesota, and he will help you find a good, good investment property. John is very knowledgeable and can help you find an investment property. It can also help you sell your investment property. So reach out to John Stiles with Bridge Realty and uh, connect with him. He'll also, you know, consult with you and, uh, and make sure you guys are the right fit. So uh, give him a call if you're in Minnesota, reach out to him. Uh, he'd love to help as well. Back to the show. What, what specifically have you found to be the most, um, uh, the, the, I guess the biggest part of your success in building your network what have you done, maybe one or two things that have been really successful and be able to build that network up? I go between a lot of different things. And so you're going to pick, you want me to pick two. And so what I would say to that is number one, my podcast and it's not because my podcast is heard by millions, because it's not. It's heard by a lot less than that. I have a few really uh, intimate followers that love all of my content. But here's the reason why, even though it's not heard by millions, why is that benefiting me to grow my network? And the reason why is because I bring on top experts from around the country and we put ourselves on an equal playing field, at least for that 30-minute interview. And I've done over 200 interviews on the podcast, which has allowed me to connect with and have the cell phones of amazing people like you, like Jason and Peely, like Joe Fairless, like Michael Becker, like Paul Peebles, and like Kathy Fedke. I mean, I'm text messaging these people anytime I need anything, and it's just mind-boggling. That came from having a podcast. So I think people who want to start a podcast start it because they want a giant following. And I don't even think that that's the biggest benefit that you get. I think it's really being able to text, uh, you know, Kevin Buff anytime you want, Richard Wilson anytime you want, Brad Sumrock anytime you want. You know, this is what the value that I've gotten out of having the podcast to grow my network. 
now number two um, thing that I would say has grown the network is Facebook Lives. Um, Facebook Lives and the way that I would suggest that you do that uh, when you're going to want to grow your own following when I do a podcast, I throw it on Facebook Live. It was hard at the beginning because it's uneasy to know that you're completely live and if you make a mistake, but that you got to find a way to forget about that. Either way, whenever you're on live, if you're recording a podcast and just throwing it on live so everybody knows what you're doing, that's one thing, but also doing short clips. And people want to have like a professional background. People want to have like a suit. People want to have their phone like held by some expensive camera and they want to use a mic on their Facebook lives. You don't have to do all that. You can literally just pick up your phone, uh, go Facebook live and just kind of hold it there and just drop a couple of value bombs is, is in a, in the shortest amount of time. When you become consistent in doing um, Facebook lives, let's say at least you're doing at least four of them a week. Okay. And they can be anywhere from two minutes to 20 minutes max, but it's probably better to just have them four minutes or le less because then you know that your audience will stay on that Facebook Live the entire time. And so those would be the two things. Run a podcast and do it for networking with the top of the top. And then the second one is add value on, on a regular basis on Facebook Live. And why do I keep saying Facebook Live and not YouTube or whatever? The reason I say that is because Facebook Live's alg Facebook's algorithms favor going live because it, it's the hardest, scariest thing for people do, to do. So when they're actually going to do it, what Facebook does is they, they throw it in front of everybody. And you'll notice this when you log on to Facebook. If someone's going live, it's popping up, but it wants you to go to it. And it's actually difficult not to at least check it out. And so you want to be the person where it's difficult for other people to at least, you know, check out your video. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I agree. I mean, the, the podcast, uh, uh, probably the biggest value of the podcast is, is you get to talk to successful people that you otherwise probably would never have talked to before had access to just like you said now now you have relationships built with all these people that have a lot of success and now they're in your network i mean that's that's really awesome and just because of that platform exactly so, um why now that's the question i've got for you why why are you doing social media? Why are you trying to do conferences? Why are you doing any of this stuff? Why don't you just go buy real estate? Good question. Man, you're really throwing me on the spot. And I think it's good. I mean, don't edit this out at all. But like, that is a super good question. And what I would say is, honestly, if I wasn't doing all of this, I would be successful. Like I could do whatever we needed to do. I graduated as a teacher. So I, I'm an educator uh, well. by nature. <laughs> yeah. So I actually um, have a passion for it. And I, I see a lot of people not getting success. And I feel like part of that is mindset. And so my big thing in real estate is, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, it's easy. The numbers are boring. Like, to me, the numbers are boring, but like growing is fun. That part's exciting. And, and what happens, the reason why I started doing one-on-one -on -one coaching is because I see people that, are, that took a class, took education. They might have spent 40000 60000 30000 for it. And, and then for like a year or two, they're, they're trying or they think they're trying, but they don't find success. And I mean, it bothers me to see that they spent so much money, but they're not getting that success. And so on my podcast or on my one-on-ones, what my main focus is, is being able to give people that, the, the, that little edge to help them grow. So 
I am doing deals. I, we are closing deals. We have a 200 unit apartment building that just went under LOI. We're planning to close that in the next couple of months. And that, that's great. Uh, and it brings us money. But where I really feel passionate about is showing somebody new how they could do that too. It's, it's really almost impossible for me not to teach. Yeah. Yeah. No, good, good stuff. Um, let's, let's dig in a little bit into the business and, and the success in the business. Um, what are, what are a few key factors that you can give to our audience to have success in business? In my opinion, and I'm a unique person. So, so this is what gives me success in business. And number one, it's mindset. It's just believing that I can do it because uh, that's the first obstacle. Most people, most people say, oh, he's buying 200 units. He must be a millionaire. I'm not putting my own money into that, you know? So number one is just mindset. It's just, you have to find a way to believe what can be accomplished by someone else. You're just as smart as them. You're, you have just as many resources as them. So that's the first one. And then the second one is a team. So um, what's made me successful is, is when I was thinking about doing it my, by myself or when I was thinking I, some, I wanted to get something taken care of, it frightened me because I thought, oh, but I'm not good at this part or I'm not good at that part. So I should just do a different industry. So for you, the listener, who wants to get into this and actually do these things, understanding that you can put a team around you where some people have one, uh, one flaw and one uh, strength. And then you have, you know, weaknesses and strengths and you want to just be a puzzle piece. And my puzzle is a little bit bigger. I have a seven piece puzzle and some people have a two piece puzzle, uh, more power to them. But that I would say, is the second big thing that's really helped us to be success, me to be successful is, is giving away pieces of the pie, right? So some people think, oh, why would I syndicate? I'm going to give 70% of the deal to my passive investors. I'm going to give, if you have seven partners at them, so you're splitting up the general partnership in, into seven, like how can you make money doing that or whatever? I mean, I'm here to say that it's a tortoise and the hare. Your way, you might get a bigger, you might get an entire grape on day one. I'm, I'm going to have the biggest watermelon in 10 years anyone's ever seen, right? So it's just a completely different way of thinking. I'd rather have people alongside with me who can focus on their strengths because I think we're going to last longer because I'm doing the part in the business that I actually love. And the engineer who's our underwriter who never would want to do a podcast in his life and almost doesn't want to talk to people, like actually loves breaking apart hundreds of deals in a row searching for gold. That would, if I saw one property that didn't work, I wouldn't want to look at another underwriting personally. But yeah. that works perfectly for him and he loves it. And he'll look at, he looked at 261 deals in six months and we closed on one of them. It's, I mean, it, it's just not my strength. It's not what I would have wanted to do. But instead of saying, but okay. That's what it takes, yep. especially in this market, in order to get deals. I mean, yeah. But I guess I'm saying like, instead of me saying, well, I don't want to do that. So I'm not going to go into this uh, business. Yeah. I just said, who can I partner with that yeah. would love to do that? Yeah. So. No, that's. That's good stuff. I mean, finding people that are going to fill your weaknesses um, is what you need in order to have that success. And like you, like you said, with the partnering with people, um, so so what? Your general partnership is split up by seven people, and you're doing syndication, so you're only getting a portion of that. Uh, but as you said, you might not have the full hundred percent of of, of a of a apartment building, but you've got a 200 plus unit under a contract uh, or under LOI and you're going to have a portion of that ownership versus 
just being able to on your own, maybe buy a duplex or maybe you can buy a 10 unit building. But um, with here, now you're going to be able to buy this 200 and then the next building you find another 200 unit building, you're going to be able to buy that as well. So um, yeah. that's the power of it. So cool. Good stuff. Um, what's a big mistake that you've made in business and how have you learned from it? Well, one of the, one of the mistakes that we made twice um, is partnering with the wrong people. So here I am talking about go, go and find partners and it's all good. Just, just partner with other people. Um, but actually my biggest mistake that I made actually three times, but twice within multifamily and once within fix and flip is not vetting out my partners appropriately. And so the first time that I did it was on a, on a single family, somebody had a whole bunch of money. I didn't. And I thought I had some red flags coming up or at least yellow flags at the time. And, um, and the money drove me. And I, I you know, kind of didn't look so much at that other part because I wanted to make money. And what ended up happening is I left the, pro I left the partnership uh, pretty um, upset. And I, and I was just like, you guys just keep this. I don't want to talk to that person ever again. And so I just left the partnership I lost out on 17 grand and I made zero for like three months. I made zero, zero, zero. I was waiting for this 17 grand. We were splitting like 50 grand between three people. So I was waiting for that 17 grand to pay my bills. And I was just like, so upset. I didn't even care anymore. I was like, whatever, like you guys just take it. I'm out. And, um, and, and the part on the multifamily, which happened twice, so it doesn't matter which one I share, I'll just share one of them. Um, for instance, the first one, we, we were looking at about 400 doors that we really wanted to close on. And our acquisition fee, by the way, if, you're, if you haven't done this business yet, there is something that happens the day you close on a property. Just when you buy it, is you might get a two or three or something percent acquisition fee. Now that's not something you have to pay. That's something you, you, ma you make as the operator. And this acquisition fee was going to be a few hundred thousand. And we spent like four months and we were so excited about closing on this deal. And then one of my passive investors was, and we raised all of our money. Like we were partnering, we were bringing equity to the deal. One of the passive investors uh, did some research on the general partnership because I say on my podcast to all my pad, uh, passives, I say like every day, you got to vet your, you got to vet, you got to vet the, and so I didn't do this, but mm -hmm. fortunately my, one of my passive investors did do this. So they go onto the general partnership and um, they search all of the names and they're doing due diligence on every single person and everything's checking out. Yes, 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 yes. And then there's this LLC on general partner. And so they do some digging on the LLC within the general partnership. There's like 20 GPs. I was one of them. And they do some uh, digging on this one LLC. And what they found out was that the owner of the LLC, in fact, had a SEC violation. And so I knew that person personally. I reached out to that person, called that person, said to them, hey, got a flag come up. And this is basically what they said. They said the lender already knows about that. That's why we had to hide myself into this. And so first off, I would have been, this would have been a difficult decision. At this point, knowing what I knew right then, it would have been a difficult decision. It's like, okay, well, the lender knows about it. So how bad can it be? And I, and I asked some more details about the violation. And if there was a lot of sorrow, if there was like, yeah, man, I made a mistake or I didn't mean to do it or, or you know, this is what it was just, here's, here's a, a brief explanation about what the person said, which allowed me to make a, convict, a conviction, uh, definitely out, but um, some, some of my friends were in that deal and it was hard to pull out, but, but the person said it was a long run. Uh, I was, I was able to make millions of dollars and the SEC violation, I only had to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars. So at the end of the day, 
uh, it was a good thing. So I was like, all right, we can't, we just can't even have our name associated. It doesn't matter if the deal was perfect. And the, the thing that really sucked is we could have done our due diligence four months before that. We could have easily done the due diligence way, way earlier. And our team blocked out every other deal we were doing because this raise was just massive. And the acquisition fee, we were all going to make like $100,000 each person. And, um, you know, that's a year's worth of income for a lot of people. And we were going to do it in a short amount of time. So I think we were, again, blinded by money and just wanted to close the deal, just wanted to make the money. And then after, like, it was about a week before closing, uh, we found all this out and we pulled out. And my whole team, I just told you we had seven people. My whole team was upset. Like, I cried. Uh, a lot of them, you know, like, were like, ah, like, that was what we were planning on. And I just had to, I just had to feel, I just had to say sorry to everybody. And, and it was, it was really, really tough. And the lesson is on both things. If you can just do a really good job vetting your partners ahead of time, you won't make these kind of mistakes. You won't waste time and effort. You won't start buying those cars. You're like, Oh, I've been needing to get new tires. <laughs> to you know upgrade my refrigerator and I've only got a few thousand in the bank so I may as well do all this stuff because I'm about to get a hundred grand it will solve a lot of problems by doing your due diligence on the humans ahead of time yeah uh, and the other important thing that you just said is never buy never count your money before you've got it yep. <laughs> exactly that's a very important but no I, I I couldn't agree more with vetting people. I mean, and, and doing business with, I think that very honorable that you guys were so far into this deal, so committed to it and, and excited for it. And you knew that this deal was going to be a good deal and it was going to make you money and all that kind of stuff. And yet when you found something that you didn't like, which was one of the partners um, you said, you know what? We value our integrity more than we value doing a deal. And that, that to me is, speaks volumes of who you guys are as a company, who you are as a person, because that's the, that's the most important is who you're partnering with. And, and I've, I've gotten to deals where the partner was, the wrong person and, or, or I shouldn't say gotten to deals, started doing deals um, and done the same thing. You're excited about the deal. And then you find out a little too much about the person and you're happy you did. Um, and you back out of it, knowing though that the deal was going to be a great transaction. It would have been phenomenal to do, but just it, it's not worth it though. The, the whatever amount of money that you're potentially going to make is not worth the risk of getting involved with the wrong people. I completely agree. And uh, that goes along with what I was saying before, like, uh, you know, having an entire grape to yourself, or I, I was basically saying in 10 years, I plan to have the biggest watermelon, even if it's a slice of, it's like really going to be the biggest slice of a watermelon. And if we make mistakes now, uh, this this industry is small. So FYI, if you're mm -hmm. listening, you haven't got into this, if you're money hungry and uh, this business is a small business and uh, we definitely, we're not sharing names of anybody on a, on a podcast, but the point is, as soon as you make a mistake and like some other people that, are, that I've almost partnered with have done, you're not going to grow. And as soon if I was willing to make that mistake and something negative happened and my passive investor knew that I knew of the information, my, my reputation would have been tarnished right then and there. And my future 10 year goal would never have happened. Yeah. Now you got a moldy watermelon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, cool. So uh, I want to ask you about, you know, you just kind of mentioned it. So that's, that's where my next question is. What are your company's goals moving forward? Where, where's, um, you know, I guess, where's your podcast going? And then where's uh, Blue Spruce 
you know, where are you guys going? What do you see yourself in? Whether it's 10 years or even two years, whatever it is, where do you see your guys going? Okay, perfect. So, um, so this year we are transitioning two of the people that are within the company. We're transitioning them from uh, acquisitions uh, to, to education. We found the more that you can educate other, other people, uh, with through masterminds or for, for through like one-on-one or even if you have an online course about something, if you can educate more people, you, they're, they're attracted to you. you. What you'll notice is, is my friends, Mark and Tamil, Kenny, uh, amazing people. I, I love the heck out of them. I think they're great, great people. Now, they had about a thousand doors and most of those were passive. And then they started an education company. And now they have 4,000, 5,000 doors and most of those are active. Almost all of them are active. Uh, so what, it, what it's saying is once you give that value and you show yourself as that credible expert, uh, people want to do deals with you. And so people are uh, bringing, a, bringing money to you. They're bringing deals to you. And they're bringing management to you. They're like, hey, I'm, I can manage this and uh, I can find the deal or I can raise some of the money. Let's partner. And that's grown their business exponentially. So we're finding it honestly very hard in these times and you mentioned this earlier to find good deals finding money that's super easy right now but finding a good deal is uh effort if to say the least and so what we're looking to do right now is transition a couple people to educating how we found deals while one of a while the other half of the company is focused on finding the deal managing the deal and as we throw out that education and inspire others, we believe that how that's going to benefit our company, that's going to benefit others, granted, but we believe that we'll get the same type of success that uh, Mark and Tamil got, for instance, of, of Think Multifamily. And um, so that's where we're going right now is we're, we're hosting a few masterminds. So we have like a virtual mastermind. Uh, we have an elite mastermind, who, which I'll invite you because you're extremely elite. Um, and then we have a live in-person kind of like a group coaching slash mastermind that's here locally. And, and we do bring in a little bit of revenue for that. So that's where we are today. And we're hosting some conferences. Where we want to go is we want to have uh, solid sponsors at the, at the um, events so that we can afford to really bring a lot of people together and uh, grow our network um, that way by just providing value. So our goal to sum it up is to, to, is to provide m more value this year than we did last year and to find a way to, to do that again in, in the next year and the next year and the next year through education or um, just hosting events that people believe in, so. Cool. Cool. I like it. Um, Adam, what do you, what do you do to give back other than, I guess you've got education, so that could be huge, but yeah, the, the <laughs> big thing that I was doing last year is I was coaching and mentoring for free. Um, and I, I still have my 10 minute calls are still free. Like someone wants to a quick 10 minute, but like my 30 minute call, when people are like, Hey, can you, can I talk to you for an hour or 30 minutes? That is 200 and something dollars. But I still think that people get the value because yeah. a lot of times I, I just felt like, let me back up last year. I, I made a lot of free calls or took a lot of free calls, added a lot of value to a lot of people by phone calls and saw a lot of people having success. And because we're in the limelight, because we have a podcast and, and events and things like that. So many people wanted to have those free calls that it was holding our business back. So, um, so we actually are starting to make those charge and I still feel like we're adding more value now. So how do we give back? Really? It's, it's, it's finding out the best way that we can educate uh, people with a win-win hard hard to explain but that's really what we're trying yeah. to do to give back is education absolutely cool um two more questions before we wrap up one quick one is what's your favorite book business book real estate book man if if somebody's wanting to do multifamily 
right now. Um, Joe Fairless, a friend of ours, uh, he wrote a, a book that gives away way too many secrets. I think he charges 40 or 50 bucks for it. I'll, I'll tell you what, like that is a hundred thousand dollar education in that, in that one book. So if I was going to pick something for a syndicator to, to use where they learn all of the strategies and how to do every part of the business, it's going to be, I think it's called, um, best ever apartment syndication book by Joe Fairless and Theo Hicks. Okay, great. Um, last question. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? Okay. Um, education, team, mindset. Perfect. Short and sweet. I like it. Yeah. Well, Adam, uh, that's it for the show. I need to then ask you, how can our listeners get in touch with you, get more information about what you're doing, connect, uh, all that kind of stuff. The single best way is to go to the website, realbluespruce.com, and they can find all of our education there. They can find our events there. They can find my email there. So just go to realbluespruce.com and they can have any information they want. Perfect. Well, Adam, I appreciate you joining us on the show. T uh, tons of value, tons of great stuff. I think we covered a lot uh, in this episode, so I appreciate it and uh, have, the, have a fantastic rest of the day. You too. Thank you. Hey, special thanks to Adam Adams for joining us on the show. I appreciate him spending time with us and uh, giving us a ton of value. First of all, uh, a couple things that he said that I really took from this episode is follow what other people are doing and, uh, and not saying. So follow what other people are actually doing. Uh, he talks about also building a social media platform um, and doing something that gives you expertise, not leadership, that, that type of thing. And the last thing he talks about is the importance of building a team and then also the importance of vetting your partners and making sure you understand who you're actually getting in business with. And he gave us a, a good example of that and the, the potential harm that not vetting your team can do um, for you. So again, thanks for Adam joining us on the show. Appreciate him spending time with us. And uh, thank you for joining us and listening. Hopefully you took at least a few things from this episode. What I encourage you to do is uh, write down a few key things that you took from the episode and make sure that you implement that into your business, into your daily life. I'm Todd Dexarmer. I'm signing out. Make every day a Saturday. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. A couple things before we go. Again, go on to our Facebook page, Pillars of Wealth. We'd love to have you on there. Go on to iTunes, give us a rating and review, and subscribe to the show. Also, um, you know, don't forget, reach out to me if you want any help with uh, potentially growing your business and reach out to John Styles to help you buy or sell real estate. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Have a fantastic the rest of the day. And as I say, make every day a Saturday.